0: What happens
1: Uh the next day? Uh Uh-oh, we got a sticky maple on our (laughs) hands.
0: gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of XOXO Riverdale. Riverdale. It's me, Louis Perlman.
1: And Kate Better.
0: And we are here today to talk about episode three, Body Double. This is a great episode. We're super excited to discuss it. But before we do, Kate, what's the Riverdale news update for the week?
1: Hot news. Hot news. Hot news based on speculation, based on Instagram stories. Yeah, but this
0: is fun, though. Yeah. They're
1: fun. so we saw Rob Rico, who plays Joaquin, was getting a meal with a lovely little lady Mm who he tagged in the picture and said... Follow her. She's a serpent.
0: Mm-hmm. So perhaps so, this is another character. Right.
1: And perhaps we're getting Joaquin back.
0: Mm-hmm. Which should be really exciting as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I'd like to see Joaquin back in season I two. I like Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin's awesome.
1: Big Joaquin fan.
0: And there was another big piece of news that yeah. was sort of, you really sleuthed this one out. This I is know, pretty good. I know.
1: I'm pretty good at this. We see, I can't remember if it was Camila Mendes or Lily Reinhart's instagram story mm-hmm. where they are in a large room throwing banana peels into a trash can from far away <laughs> and you can see the actor's chairs lined up around the outside edge and we see one for fred
0: that's awesome so
1: we don't know what episode they're filming right now
0: and and we're we we do not want to spoil any big plot points but uh, we not uh, sure if Fred was going to come back. Yeah, we just didn't know if Fred was going to return in the series. And we don't know what episode they're filming. Yeah. But it's looking like Fred will return. At least for one episode. Right. Which has already been confirmed. But we're thinking they're already a movie. little further into... Their shooting schedule than that, which means Fred may be appearing in a few more episodes of the show at the very least. Yeah, which is very exciting because we love that character and we love Mister Handsome who plays him.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Mister, I assume Lucas
0: Perry. Mister, a Lucas Perry Esquire.
1: Yes, (laughs) DDS Esquire.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: And it was it was Camilla's.
0: It was Camilla's Instagram. All right. Very good. So I think that we should delve into Body Double. Jump right in. All right. Let's do it. So we open uh, where we left off with Cheryl being interrogated by Sheriff Sheriff Keller Keller
1: and Principal Weatherby.
0: Inexplicably, Principal Weatherby is in on the interrogation. I feel like there would be more. Uh, anonymity or you know you you'd give the students some space, their principal wouldn't be there. Also They're... like
1: legally? I don't understand why the principal was there.
0: No, it doesn't really make any sense. I would yeah. I could see other police officers being there. Yeah,
1: or like a lawyer. Or a
0: lawyer, yeah, but certainly not. It's so that was really strange. Yeah. And then Cheryl says right off the bat, when I said I was guilty, I didn't mean that I was guilty about with killing Jason. Mm -hmm. What I meant was that I was guilty of not revealing what was actually going on with Jason and I that day. Mm -hmm. And I really like that because it hints at a larger complexity to the story that I don't think the show has completely revealed yet. Yeah. And I think it's really, really, really smart and uh, is one of the things that made us hooked on the show.
1: Yeah. Well, she drops a lot in that scene. She also says that Jason wanted to leave Riverdale forever. Mm-hmm. She says that he stayed dry and he said he'd call within the month. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't know why he wanted to leave. And that Jason and Cheryl both heard the gunshot.
0: Mm-hmm. They heard the gunshot yeah, together. Jason
1: was at the very least alive for the gunshot. Mm-hmm. And also he, it was determined that he died on July 11th, which is over a week after
0: that mm-hmm. gunshot. hmm so where was Jason in the interim? Mm-hmm. And a later scene in this episode conjectures as to where he was, which we will get yeah. to.
1: This is also at the beginning when we first meet the Blossom parents,
0: mm-hmm. who are me. They are terrible. They're, They're bad, bad parents. Are, they seem to care more about other needs that have nothing to do with Cheryl's well-being.
1: Yes, and in a previous episode, Alice speculates, That they are perhaps to blame, and now I understand why Alice would think that someone could kill their own child.
0: Definitely, but that's also just horrible Alice accusing people of horrible things that are not fair, which is pretty typical of Alice. Right. Because Alice in this episode is still a disaster. Yeah. She still isn't being written as smartly as in future episodes. Yeah. And we will get to that as we move on. But mm-hmm. people that are watching the show for the first time and following along with this podcast, that is something that I want to say. Stay with Alice. The writers understand her voice much better as the show continues. Yeah.
1: She gets given some more space. Yeah. And it's actually the very next scene when Betty says, who held Jason captive?
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: we know that he disappeared on the 4th and he died on the 11th. Mm-hmm. And Betty's assumption... She that someone
0: even, was holding him captive. She doesn't
1: even say, I think maybe that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. She just declares that someone was holding him captive.
0: Yeah, when there could have been a plethora of other reasons why Jason wasn't found and was, wasn't killed until the 12th. Right. Maybe he successfully was escaping. Yeah. You know, it's very strange that she thinks this. Yep. But it seems to be cemented as being what everybody assume happens in that world due to that scene, which I think is interesting. Mm -hmm. Another thing in that scene that happens that I really like is Betty criticizes her mother for printing a headline that basically... Uh, indicts uh, Cheryl as the killer. Yeah. And I really like that because I just think it's a great character move and hints towards Betty's overall kindness, which mm-hmm. is great.
1: Yeah, because in the episode before, she's basically attacked and accused by Cheryl, but she still cares about Cheryl.
0: Mm hmm. Which is great. Yeah which I love. So then
1: Archie goes to the police.
0: Yes, Archie goes to the police.
1: The policeman, the one police.
0: Yes, yes, police because singular. it seems like there's just this <laughs> there's police just chief police. just dealing one with please, all please. this. Please. And he lies and covers for Miss Grundy by saying that he was with Vegas. Yes, he
1: was with Vegas and he was working on songs.
0: And he was working on songs and that's somewhat notable only because it mentions Vegas. Our favorite character yeah, in the Riverdale one, universe,
1: number one character, number
0: one character of all time. Yes, so Jealous it's pretty good.
1: to heaven <laughs> above all other characters. Yes,
0: Vegas is a good boy.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Then in the next scene, we wanted to discuss this. We've got Veronica saying that she has a date with with Chuck with Chuck Clayton. with Chuck Clayton. Chuck Clayton is a football star. He's a jock. We're going to get into the specifics of Chuck Clayton's comic book origins in a later segment of this podcast, so get excited for that. Ooh, baby. But yeah, ooh, baby. But there we are. And Kevin says...
1: Kevin says he thinks that Chuck Clayton is just the hottest. Yeah. Which he has also said about Archie. Mm -hmm. And we know he has hooked up with Moose and many other boys.
0: Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Who
1: is Kevin's type other than boy?
0: Yes. So, So, Kate, how do you feel about this?
1: I feel like... They just have, they wanted to give some gay representation, yeah, which is fair, but then also put in the minimal amount of effort. And they're like, hey guys, we're cool. We're cool with gay sex. See, so here's a gay character. And he likes boy.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and he's going to talk them. about it. Yeah. And all of them. And as a gay man speaking for all of gay America.
1: That's
0: true. Because yes, that's, that's my role in this podcast.
1: Well, yeah. And it's true that you like all boys.
0: Yes, it's true. I like all boys. Now I, I believe that Kevin's preferences are slightly more nuanced. He seems right. to like the lean athletic type. Yeah. And perhaps that's why he rejects Moose. So harshly. Really harshly, because Moose's body, he's a little more thick. And maybe that's why, but it's so its only, so mean. We've
1: also only ever seen Moose in a varsity jacket.
0: That's true. Which is
1: very unflattering. Yeah,
0: we don't really know what Moose looks like. We have no idea. Body type wise. I mean,
1: we know that he's great face wise.
0: I know, we both have a big crush on we we think, Moose. We both love Moose We think he's adorable, yeah. So I do think it's an interesting move that he seems to love. This wide swath of different types of guys. Uh, yeah. And he seems to be pretty boy crazy, which yeah. leads to some interesting plot points as the show continues. Sure
1: does. And then we have our first little Betty Jughead.
0: We do. Uh, we do have our first little Betty Jughead scene, which is really showcases their dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be a fairly good dynamic, actually, to start. Yeah.
1: She doesn't give them total freedom at the blue and gold, but she gives them... A good amount, considering she's the only current employee. Well, I
0: think she sort of she sort of reins him in, and yeah. I think that that is actually something that the character needs. Jughead needs to be yeah. reined in; he's sort of all over the place. And this is the beginning of the Jughead character having more of a focus. She wants him to hone his writings and use his writings for his novel as, as first as prototypical articles for the Blue and Gold, mm-hmm. which is really smart and yeah. really, really. It's it's Very, a uh, Capote. It's very Capote, and it's an, it's an interesting scene.
1: Yeah. And then Archie goes home and gets grounded.
0: Yeah. So you have some thoughts about this.
1: I have some thoughts about how bad Fred Andrews is at grounding. So I, nor my siblings, were ever grounded, and not through poor parenting, but through good behavior.
0: Oh, I'm there sure. Was- I'm sure you guys were all perfect angels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing!
1: Nothing! That warranted grounding,
0: yeah, yeah, I was never grounded either. grounding, I don't know grounding it's it's a punishment that I understand it to be you revoke teenagers' freedoms, yeah, by like. Um, taking
1: away their phone and, like, TV privilege.
0: Yeah, taking away their phone and TV privilege. They and they go to
1: that party that weekend. That's
0: right. They take away their social privileges Yeah, as a punishment. Right. Sure. Now, so,
1: Fred's punishment yeah. is that Archie must be home by 7 p.m., which is what time teenagers would come home on a weeknight if they're allowed to do whatever the fuck they want after school. Yeah,
0: that's a really good point. They can
1: go to all their clubs. Yeah. They can hang out with friends. They can indeed have dinner before coming home if they have to be home by 7. Yeah,
0: 7 p.m. is... 7 is,
1: like, so much freedom.
0: I guess these kids are running around in Riverdale until 11 p.m., which yeah. is one of the reasons why they're all in so much trouble in the first place, because there's just no parental controls.
1: Yeah, and part of me is like, I wonder if that is, like, what teenagers were like, and I just wasn't like that.
0: It's certainly not what I was like. What I was like was more closer to what you described before. I was certainly home for dinner around six thirty every night, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I would
1: like go to sports. I would go to practice for drum club or something. For sure. Come home.
0: Maybe like later on. Maybe when I was these kids' age in eleventh and twelfth grade. Maybe on a weeknight. Very rarely from time to time, I would have dinner with some friends, but that would be a really special occasion. Yeah. We would really only do that on the weekends, Friday night into Sunday, and that would be it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, uh, well,
0: Archie is is, is punished with a capital P.
1: Continue to change absolutely nothing.
0: Yeah. Nothing about his life. Although it does it does factor into this episode, as we will soon right. discover.
1: In, like, one... It, like, worked out this one time.
0: Yeah, exactly. Next up, I think we need to discuss the nature of the date that yeah. Veronica and Chuck have.
1: They go to Pops because it's literally the only restaurant... I don't know that they even have a grocery store.
0: No, it seems like everybody in Riverdale just feeds themselves from Pops. Pops all day, yeah.
1: every
0: day. And then... They're in the car Hanging out Seems like the date Is going quite well Yeah Seems like Chuck Is An okay dude
1: Yeah Well he says He's on varsity football He's on the Dean's list
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm Mm-hmm He's a good boy
1: Yeah he's a nice little boy And he says Veronica's different From all the other girls
0: Mm Mm-hmm and then what happens
1: Uh-oh. the next day? Uh-oh, we got a sticky maple on our head.
0: <laughs> so let's dissect this for a moment.
1: So first and foremost, Veronica asks, what's a sticky... Stup- Sticky maple. Yeah. And the response is, what it sounds like, it's a Riverdale thing. Yeah. Which, what it sounds like to me is that someone was like eating waffles or pancakes, did a very poor job. So, like, a five year old was eating waffles or pancakes, Mm -hmm. got maple syrup all over their hands, and now it's all sticky. And then they like touch something, and now that's sticky, and it's just there's sticky maple syrup everywhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I think that's totally a fair assumption as to that's what it means. And I think that it is a lot of explaining around the censors Yeah, in order once to you find out
1: what it is, it's pretty clear what they're...
0: What they're alluding to. Yeah. yeah, and just to lay it out there, it's photoshopping a selfie of someone so that they have maple syrup on their face. Like
1: splashed on their splashed face. Splashed
0: on their face. And it's supposed to make it seem like the person in question is loose or yeah. a slut, as opposed to just... A young woman going about her life trying to be dating, which yeah. I totally empathize now, with.
1: What would you say is the target demographic for this podcast?
0: The target demographic for this podcast? Yeah, I'd like say age geek, wise? geeky adults like us. Okay,
1: cool. So it's yeah. very clearly a cum shot, is what we're yes, to get at. Yes, yes.
0: Okay, yes, that's what we're saying. <laughs> we're allowed to say that. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And and that's you know, that's all fine and, and for the audience of the show, I totally understand. Yeah. And, and and it's it's okay However, what's not okay about it is it's a little too vague in certain ways. And I feel like the vagueness of it actually detracts from the seriousness of how abusive it is to treat women like this on social media. Yeah, And it detracts from sort of an important issue that the episode deals with, although I do feel on a scale of 1 to 10, I give this episode a good solid 7 or 8 as to how it is dealing with this issue
1: yes.
0: overall, but they have to sort of skirt around this whole thing as to, like, what's actually going on Yeah, and, I do, and, and then I don't they love have that. to, like,
1: introduce it to address it.
0: Yes, they do. Absolutely. Is... It feels a little, like, issue of the week yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very, like, after-school special.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But
1: Veronica will not have it.
0: She yeah, and that's a great thing about Veronica in this episode is she advocates for herself immediately. Yeah. And advocates for a lot of other women in this episode, too. Right. Which speaks towards uh Veronica's inherent goodness. Yeah. Which we're gonna discuss a little later on as well. Right. There's some stuff to say about that.
1: But at this point, so Veronica goes after Chuck.
0: And she does the, it in a really gratuitous way, which is great.
1: Into the locker room, a shirtless boy. Yeah, there's
0: a lot of There's so much. steamy Flash just.
1: Uh, Archie um, in a towel.
0: Yeah, Archie is in a towel. And then
1: Chuck says, well, we're not exactly in virgin territory because of the seven minutes in heaven with Archie.
0: Totally. What
1: did they get into in that closet? I know.
0: What? This is really the beginning of.
1: No one on the show has ever had a sexual interaction, but they all. Want people to think they are.
0: Yeah, it does feel that way. And you know what? I haven't thought about it this way yet, but that is a very traditionally Archie comics feel to. Also, like a generic high school
1: thing. Like everyone wants to seem like they're more mature than they
0: are. It is. It is a generic high school thing, but I'm going to make the argument that, you know, a seven minutes in heaven closet thing in an Archie comic would be treated in a much more heavy vein than it would be IRL. And that's yeah. what I think makes this so traditionally Archie comics is it's like, like, what are you going to do for seven minutes? Maybe you're going to do a little bit of groping, and a little bit of kissing, right? Yeah. I guess and like high schoolers with, have
1: like a quick shot. You can maybe get in like a handy DJ or something. But... Maybe.
0: I mean, I mean, that's, that's really, uh. Yeah. And you yeah. got, they
1: got to be sober going in there. Like there's a lot. Yeah. You're, <laughs>
0: they're really stretching it. And yeah. they've elevated it to seem like. Veronica's pregnant with Archie's children. You know?
1: Raised a family in the closet. Exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. In the seven minutes.
1: Oh my God. And then Chuck tells, this is my favorite. Mm -hmm. Chuck tells Veronica that she's in Bulldog territory now.
0: And then Chuck and his crew arf at. Yeah, they bark. They They bark. bark at her. They bark at her, which is really very on the nose but I like that they're dealing with it you know like yeah. they're really showing this male aggression yeah I
1: mean I guess I've never like my high school masked out with his dragon and no one like Roared.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I mean we don't know what noise dragons make So I guess that's fair Maybe this happened in other high
0: schools mm-hmm. Where they would
1: like bark But then my college was a husky and we didn't bark at each other
0: No because it's aggressive it's, it's crazy And
1: also like I feel like it's like embarrassing
0: It is Like no
1: one would want to make that noise
0: Yeah I agree with that I 100% agree with all of that
1: Yeah it's just crazy
0: So next
1: Ooh Cheryl thanks Archie for supporting her
0: mhm by, by coming clean and he trying heard. to help her yeah and then she says she wants to grant him a favor and nothing one wish n- one wish but nothing is off the table except for her body and it's like ah, Hi.
1: who is she and who does she think Archie is
0: yeah who does she think Archie is and who are all these kids that that would even be on the table, like, yeah. this is a little too, in my opinion, this is a little too uh, on the nose of painting these kids to be sexual beings, which they are, which I think is yeah. a strong point to the show, but it's a little too much like see, see everybody there having sex. Sex is happening. Sex is happening all the time. Yeah, and again,
1: maybe that's what high schoolers are like. It was not what I was like, but... And
0: it's cool that they live in this fantasy world where it's a little more torrid and this is what high schoolers are more like. Right. It certainly is not what I was like either as a kid. And I know that there are certain situations where, you know, there's more, you know, where high school kids, age kids are more sexual or high school age kids are less sexual. It's fine. But there is something about the writing. I think overall in this episode, when it comes to the sexual aspects, that's not totally hitting in the right way. And I think that that's sort of what we're finding as we go through this episode and critiquing it.
1: So when I was in high school, I was like, man, I think it's crazy. Like, you know, we're not like high schoolers on TV. There aren't like a lot of like ragers and parties and like people getting drunk. And then like three years ago, I was like, Oh, I just wasn't invited.
0: Oh, that's fair. (laughs) Yeah. And we all certainly had different social situations in high school. Yeah. And it's
1: somewhat, like, as a writer Mm -hmm. and knowing other writers, Mm -hmm. I think that's maybe what happened to the writers in the room for Riverdale. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no one had parties. And they're like, oh, no, I just wasn't invited. I guess this was happening. Like, they don't know what was really, like, what the limit was in high school because they weren't around those the people that had the time to do that
0: yeah and i and was at a lot of i was at a lot of ragers in high school oh, but i right. wasn't having any sex in high school yeah so i was sort of on the line yeah the you hardest know? i
1: partied was like with the drama club which that sml sketch the after party yeah, sketch, is it's
0: perfect right
1: to a t like yeah i walked around with some guy's baseball hat on and it wouldn't address it like that was too real <laughs>
0: Yeah, and such is the background that we all stem from yeah. as geeks. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's a real cool cat who host a podcast about a yeah, teen show on about the a,
0: CW, this teen, the CW teen drama that we yeah, love. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: So. Now, I think...
1: Oh, also throwing it in, uh-huh. Chuck calls Veronica a hot jalopy. Oh, yeah,
0: we forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's a weird expression for Chuck to use. For
1: anyone under the age of 85 to use. Yeah. And... Do, you remember, do you remember where you were on D-Day? No? Then you wouldn't say that. Yeah,
0: exactly. It also uh, sort of alludes to Archie's jalopy that he drives in the comics, which I think is sort of, I think it's intentional, and I think it's kind of fun. And but yeah, 80? it's weird. It's weird, man. The next thing we want to talk about is the... Whole scene where all the women are, are gathered.
1: What I would say about to lemonade.
0: Yes, they're about to lemonade, which I think is a great. Yes, As it's a great reference.
1: Ethel is Beyonce.
0: Yeah, and we're and we're introduced to Ethel Muggs, played uh, by
1: Barb yeah, from Stranger Things. Yeah,
0: played by Barb from Stranger the Things. Poor
1: actress. No one knows her real name. That's
0: her real name. Her real name the is Barb. Her name
1: is Barb from Stranger Things.
0: And first of all, uh, it's great to be introduced to Ethel here. Ethel is a wonderful character in the comics. She is. In a lot of comics, crazy about Jughead, and Thank she's you. she's after Jughead, and Jughead keeps rebuking her. She's portrayed in the comics as being like an ugly girl. And I really like that they reposition her to be sort of this character who's attempting to empower herself.
1: Yeah, because she's still like I mean, she's the actress is very pretty, mm-hmm. like wearing kind of dowdy clothes. I think she is, but I
0: think her clothes are really cool. Oh my god, they're
1: so cute! I would wear all of them. But I think they're trying to position her as this like geek who doesn't. Yes, fit she's in. wearing like a
0: cardigan and stuff. She's maybe she a doesn't little more fit in. She's... <laughs> she's weird. She doesn't fit in. She's a weirdo. She's a weirdo. She she's wearing this cardigan. She's definitely a little more bookish. I feel yeah, yeah. very like librarian chic. Yes, she's super librarian chic, and we love her. We love her. Yeah, and then like. Cheryl busts in and wants to, like, stop this meeting because practice is about to happen for a lot of these girls. Yeah. And it's like, to me, this feels out of character for Cheryl. It feels a little yeah. odd. Like, Cheryl is a lot of things, but I don't think that she's someone who's going to clearly walk in on something going on with all of these girls and then try yeah. to hurt their power or their autonomy. You know, yeah, it doesn't I feel very Cheryl to me.
1: She's bothered because they bring up that Jason was involved, but she wasn't there when they mentioned that Jason was involved.
0: No, she has no way of knowing unless exactly. she had like she like remembers that Jason used to hang out with Chuck. Yeah. But I feel like that's conjecturing a lot. And that's a lot of us having to make the leaps as opposed to the writing and the performances making the leaps right. for us. Yeah.
1: And we get the great to Frida Shallow.
0: Yes. And then she calls Veronica Frida Shallow, which is very mean. Oh, Oh, my.
1: Very mean. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to work it into my vocab.
0: Totally. Then, the next thing that we wanted to address, that we wanted to discuss, I think, is Jughead at Pops.
1: But nope, that's later. Sorry, sorry. The first instance, we'll get to Jughead at Pops, but first we have... Jughead approaching Dilton Doily while he's in charge of the scouts and asking if he heard the gunshot that day. Yes. And Dilton says no.
0: But then... Oh, no,
1: no, no, you're right. We are there. We're the Jughead does go to the young little scout. Yeah, Jughead goes to, to this scout. little
0: this little baby scout who's a Pops, and Jughead interrogates him mm-hmm. because he thinks that there's more information to be gleaned from these scouts. Right. But Jughead does it by... Eating the Little Scouts is uh, Sunday. Yeah. Which I love because it's really the most jughead way to intimidate someone that I've ever seen. Right. And I think that's so smart and so... It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a really well-played scene uh, and a well-written scene as well. hmm It's very, very cool.
1: And we also learned that Doily shot the gun on July 4th.
0: Mm-hmm. Doily shot that gun. Which we
1: know is not the shot that killed Jason.
0: No, but Doily doesn't want to talk about it. Right, cause yeah. kid,
1: he was still out in the woods shooting a gun without telling anyone except for these small children.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is not allowed in right. Riverdale land. You'd no? think it would be, but it's not.
1: He's a hardcore survivalist, but that is not allowed. And then the next scene, Archie sneaks out. Yeah. We go through this whole thing in episode two where Fred knows when Archie sneaks out. And
0: has known since he was seven. And
1: since he was seven and he knows when he snuck out for the run and it's weird that he just lets him sneak out at all hours but he lets him do it anyway and mm-hmm. then Archie sneaks out and Fred doesn't notice. Yeah,
0: and that's crappy. That's crappy continuity. Yeah. Crappy writing. We all, it's like, well, that whole plot point and scene was for naught the episode yeah, before. What writer's
1: assistants are for to just, like, keep the continuity. Absolutely. The and it up.
0: Maybe we should be writer's assistants on well, Overdale. I don't want
1: to make a big deal but I both watch Riverdale and have writer's assistance experience. Hit me up at kbatter.com. Thank you.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very good.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Love it. Love your work.
0: So then... Good references. Where's Archie sneaking to? He's sneaking to watch a band practice with Josie and the Pussycats.
1: Right, which is what Cheryl granted him.
0: Yes, Cheryl granted him this. Now, this is all kind of weird because they have a pretty good conversation about race and about yes. these girls' experience as women of color.
1: Right. And They're I, I, called the Pussycats because they have to claw their way into rooms Archie can just waltz into. And
0: I like this. I think that this is a good take on the Pussycats. Yeah. I mean, as, like, white dude, I'm not going to say, you know, me liking it doesn't matter. But uh, but what does matter is I do think it fits with these this portrayal of the characters in a really smart way. Yeah. And I like all of that. And I like that they address that Archie probably can't write towards their experience yeah and i understand that very much archie's
1: very out of touch and
0: then archie says
1: right josie says that her mom got hate mail when elected mayor and archie says i campaigned for her i get it
0: no archie you don't get it you sit down you don't get a seat at this table yeah exactly you don't get a seat at this table so
1: not for you so
0: that's all kind of interesting to me and then after that whole conversation, which I think is actually fairly well handled and very yeah. smart, and Archie acquiesces and says, I think you're right about this. Yeah. He starts chiming in during their practice about, you know, methods to perform their song. He suggests flipping two of the verses. Mm-hmm. He does this whole line change where they're, the, the line is paintings on the wind. Yeah. And then he changes it to paintings on on your skin. And they really like that. Why they like it, we don't really know, because the songwriting isn't highlighted enough in the show.
1: It's insane to me that no, like, teenage girl could come up with paintings on her skin instead of paintings on the wind. I know. I don't know, I was a teenage girl once. And I was, like, a bubbly teenage girl, but also, like, yeah, I could have come up with that. I feel
0: like you could have too, Kate. Absolutely.
1: literally any teenage girl.
0: I agree. I very much agree with that. So Archie chimes in these two little... Suggestions which are really not that stellar in our opinion, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, the pussy cats are like, Oh, I race race, be damned! Yeah, let's let this little red headed twink uh-huh. write for our black lady experience. I wouldn't
1: put him quite as a twink.
0: Anymore, no, you're but... right, he's a red headed muscle jock, but yeah, I don't know There's
1: that big either. <laughs> I, just... I get confused on the categories, but I, I know, do
0: so either. do I. Story of my life, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, don't so... know.
1: I think you're a beaver, I don't know. <laughs>
0: So yeah So I don't know I I don't love the way that scene plays out I think it kind of defeats the entire point Of that scene existing the way it plays out At the end and Mm -hmm. I don't love it It's not my fave
1: But then we sneak into the school And
0: Kevin
1: loves fashion Guys can you believe it Yeah they're in
0: this really heightened situation Cheryl like basically busts them Yeah, And Kevin is like But by the way I love your boots And it's like no come on Stop it. And this is also, I think, an example of the writers beginning to find Kevin's voice and it going better for Kevin as the season continues. Yeah, We're still sort of in rocky territory here.
1: Yeah, they're still just like well he's there so we have to make him speak and we'll just make him gay make sure everyone remembers he's gay because we have to keep driving it in because that's his only defining characteristic
0: yeah and as someone who can speak for all the gays in America this is hashtag problematic and I don't love it it's not my fave you know in the comics just we talked about this in this podcast before Kevin loves yarfin down milkshakes and burgers with Jughead and also loves comics this does not come up in the show it sure would be fun if it did yeah just saying it would give that character a little more depth
1: yep literally a, anything
0: yep exactly yeah I, anyway you know, he
1: could be into model trains he could be into literally every anything except for like fashion and boys and i'd be like great okay
0: yeah you're not just a gay stereotype yeah. exactly oh boy oh, oh man
1: but we do see that jason in they find the burn book and Jason mentions Polly several times
0: Yeah And then it leads he us to He
1: calls her a shy reserved girl It
0: leads us to believe that maybe Jason was as sleazy as Chuck Clayton is
1: Yeah Which we'll is terrible But he does keep pursuing her
0: He does, so this is yet to be revealed, so we won't spoil it here But what Jason's motives were the whole time.
1: Yeah, Uh, and our next scene, cover girl, cover girl, cover girl! Yeah, this is a
0: scene where Betty puts on lipstick. Some cover
1: girl lipstick.
0: uh, Some cover girl lipstick, and then her mother and her have a fight. About the type of lipstick, cover girl lipstick, that's appropriate for Betty right, I on don't her cover girl face.
1: Which one she wanted, but Alice wanted her to wear pink perfection. Yeah,
0: Alice wanted her to wear pink perfection. I believe of... this
1: is the episode where Wallet was airing. Uh,
0: or oh, was this the episode where Cole Pearl Sprouse, Sprouse tweeted cover girl, cover, cover girl, <laughs> no, cover girl? Yeah. Well, really, really appropriate. Yeah. Really, really appropriate. Correct. Yeah. This scene is the product placement. It's a little on the nose. Yeah. And also in the scene, once again, Alice takes, like, a napkin or a makeup wipe of some sort and, yeah. like, wipes Betty's lipstick off her face, which feels so intrusive to me uh... and so inappropriate for Mother to be doing with her teenage daughter. It's just gross. It's... Stop touching Betty.
1: I'm a little on the border about that. And mm-hmm. I will also say that when she wiped it, there was still some left and that was, like, the perfect color.
0: Totally. Like, if any
1: woman who has tried to do a bold red lip, you have to plot.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. And like, (laughs) it's funny because you thought that that was on the line okay for her mom to be doing that
1: yeah and
0: and you whenever you see miss grundy and archie together you're like no 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 and with me with miss grundy and archie i'm like this is fine <laughs> and so we clearly have different thresholds right. for well, uncomfortableness also, on the a show
1: mother daughter relationship is very different from a teacher student
0: exactly yes i do agree with that very yeah. much so. absolutely okay so then archie confronts we want to talk about this uh, archie confronts fred right
1: well fred catches him sneaking back in. Of
0: co- which of course he does. doy. Right, you like, should have yeah. caught
1: him sneaking out.
0: Yeah, a Dilton, a Uh-oh. uh
1: And Fred says, you don't get to do whatever you want when you're grounded, but it seems like maybe he can do like most of what he wants. Well, he
0: gets to stay out until seven. So, right. Yeah, so he, he does that.
1: This has I think one of my favorite lines in the show which is, so Archie tries to kind of haggle his punishment like well my music's gonna be performed i have to be there and fred's like you can't do that and archie says you have to own it and it doesn't walking
0: away from fred and, and
1: my theory i is understand that what
0: that means what do you think it means my
1: theory is that they were improvising or they had more lines and at one point kj appa did say that line and then they just threw it in in the editing. They just like sliced it in. I
0: think that's fair because they needed KJ to have an exit line.
1: Right, but in that's the scene. not the exit line because then he says, would you have stopped me if I had a football game? That's, that's not right. his exit line. right. He just walks
0: by his father and then turns around and confronts him. Yeah. That's right. Because it,
1: you have to own it. It's like in
0: the middle yeah, of Yeah, they need to cut that. They Cut that shit out. I I don't get
1: Get a new editor, Riverdale.
0: Totally. I don't get what that means in the scene. It's
1: so bonkers. There's no
0: context for it.
1: We don't know why it's there. And
0: then, yeah, and then Archie Says if it was a football oh. game instead of my music, would you be doing this? And Fred is speechless, and Archie also is say, very emo here. Very emo.
1: Something to say too is that, like, his own music is like, if you stop him from doing that, it doesn't affect other people. But if you pull QB out of the game, like, there's like a whole rippling effect where it affects a lot of people. That's true. And, like, it's a shitty thing, and, like, yeah, you this... shouldn't allow Archie to do it because it is punishing Archie, but also you're like punishing the whole football team.
0: Yeah, this is pre formation in this world of the Archies, so it's not like yeah, it's, no, not, it's, it's not it's not line like line like like, like he grounds Archie and then Betty's like, but where will I play my cool keyboard riffs? Yeah. You know, spoiler for if the Archies ever get formed on Ruby, which but I would love.
1: <laughs> I don't see happening.
0: You don't see it happening?
1: In the foreseeable
0: there's I could see it happening on. in season two. I could totally see the Archies forming in season two.
1: I, yeah, potentially for like a talent show, but I don't think they would like take off.
0: Yeah, that's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I wouldn't yeah. see them. Uh, and by the way, sorry, my mistake. Betty is the tambourine player.
1: Oh, she's percussion.
0: Yeah, Betty's tambourine. We'll just, we should go through this. This is important for everybody to know because okay. I think it totally fits with the Riverdale characters. Okay, so Betty's
1: auxiliary percussion.
0: Yeah, Betty is auxiliary percussion. Juggy is, uh, drums. Okay. Which is the cutest thing ever to watch Jughead playing drums. It makes perfect sense. Veronica is keyboards. Okay. Which totally makes sense to me because I feel like a girl with a really good upbringing would have some piano background. Yeah. And uh, Reggie is bass. Okay. And Archie is lead guitar. Mm. Uh, and I love this lineup and hope that this is the lineup for the Archies on the show. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Moving sorry on. for that little dovetail, but I think it's important.
1: We have Dark Betty. Okay, so this is
0: the reveal of Dark Betty. So, oh,
1: Doc Betty, bam, Lim.
0: Here she is. She is in this black wig. She seems to have developed this alternate sexual persona for herself. She
1: refers to herself as Polly.
0: She refers to herself as Polly and refers to Chuck as... Jason. Jason. I don't love the way this plays fast and loose with split personality disorder. Yeah. And also... Just with like, if they're trying to do a role playing thing, like none of it totally makes logistical sense. And like,
1: it clearly catches Veronica off guard.
0: And it's also not to be too spoilery, but it's not really dealt with in the rest of the season that that strongly Uh, um, or or it doesn't hit it. And it's like, I don't love this. I I don't love any of this. And it's interesting because this is definitely a place where me and the fandom diverge because the fandom likes this. The fandom is in a dark Betty, it seems. It seems like there's a lot of, like, dark Betty memes and, like, fanfic online, you Yeah, know?
1: we see, like, a kind of slightly dampened version of dark Betty, which I do like. Mm-hmm. But we have not seen that yet. Right now, we just see balls to the wall. The darkest Betty.
0: Yeah, this is the Betty from the darkest timeline. Yeah, it's the
1: darkest timeline, Betty. And for anyone who thought that Chuck looked 30 years old like I did, he is 26.
0: So he's he's... He's, he's getting older there. than
1: most of the cats, yeah. but also he looks 30.
0: Yeah, in that scene where he's in the hot tub, he, he looks- He looks 30. He looks hashtag old, <laughs> which neither of us are. We're youthful and no, young. No, we that's are full a, of youth. That's why we're doing a Riverdale podcast. Because
1: we're both 17. We're both
0: 17. Don't tell our moms we're
1: out after 7. That's
0: right. Yeah, I'm per, I'm grounded right now. I need to be home by 11.30 at night. I have to be home by 11.30 p.m. Yeah. on
1: Wednesdays.
0: Exactly, on Wednesdays, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it.
1: And her next scene is the first annual Taste of Riverdale as the lead up to the 75th anniversary Jubilee. This is a scene about the adult.
0: Okay, so I want to address just once again, Alice in this scene behaves in a fashion that I feel is completely socially unacceptable. Like in a way that like I feel the other adults in the town would be like, is everything okay with Alice? Maybe we should call social services. It's just bananas, and it's really—it's just bad writing, in my opinion. She asks
1: Penelope for a quote on her son's death like, paparazzi don't even do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you—exactly. It's disgusting. Yeah. Penelope, very understandably, punches Alice in the face.
1: And Alice deserved it.
0: And you know what? A, Alice deserved it. To quote one of my favorite movies, Scream— Bam, bitch went down. Bam, bitch, super bitch. Um
1: Starring Yes Riverdale Skeet Ulrich. S- yes, starring
0: Riverdale Skeet Ulrich. Yeah. And so there's all that. And like, this is difficult, I feel. This because in my opinion, we learn a lot about Penelope Blossom later. That's Cheryl's mother. We learn a lot about her later. She's this is the episode where she's introduced properly. Yeah. And I feel like any mother that has lost her child, it is emotionally understandable that you would be violent towards a woman saying, Hey, you know. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's death of a child tends to break up families.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Deva- it's 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 like devastating. It's the worst
1: thing that can happen it's, if someone's having your kid. It's
0: die. legitimately unspeakable, you know, yeah. and and so this doesn't really reveal anything about Penelope that she would punch. Yeah. Yeah, like, of course she would. You know what? I'd punch Alice for Penelope. Yeah. And I'm a lover, not a fighter. No, you know, I'm a nice boy.
1: I technically have a black belt, but I don't think I deserve it. And I don't think I could throw a punch without hurting myself more. But sure. I would do it anyway. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And then, like, in the rest of the scene, Alice is just on this, like, tirade of yeah. horribleness. Of legit awfulness, because then...
1: She tells Hermione that her daughter got a sticky maple.
0: Yeah, she basically slut-shames Veronica, which is really uncool. Right, well,
1: she says that a sticky maple is slut-shaming, what they call it when sluts get shamed. So
0: she's basically calling Veronica a slut in the scene to her mother's face. Yeah. How dare she? What? parents speak like that about someone else's child
1: to their face none of this makes about
0: yeah yeah to their face
1: yeah none of this
0: makes any sense like i'm just really confused to be honest here about about um her motivation about why she would be doing this why that's at all helpful to be saying those sorts of things to hermione it's it's such an odd scene and definitely worth addressing right
1: yeah yeah so weird and then also while they're there fred hits on grundy
0: Yes, Fred has a conversation with, with Grundy. But he's not like too father, like old son.
1: He's, he's he's
0: a little too but old. But they're for also her.
1: at least both consenting adults.
0: Very much so. And, and it's
1: also still so kind of inappropriate that it's the son's teacher, but like not nearly as inappropriate as the Archie Grundy.
0: Certainly, certainly. And that also in that scene, he says, I have to ask you a question, what made you Interested take a liking to son, Archie, yeah. take an interest in my son? And she says Archie's just a really special kid. Yeah. Which is so creepy. But I do think this is being played for like maximum creep factor, and this makes yeah. a lot of dramatic sense to me, and I'm cool with it. You know what I mean? Are you cool with it? You you seem to be not it's as cool hard with it to as say me.
1: I'm cool with her being like he's a special kid.
0: Well no, it's I, from I'm from a just,
1: story writing standpoint, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah from a story writing
0: yeah. standpoint, it really heightens what's been going on right, with these right, characters. Right, right
1: which and i think is good archie so archie is there because the Pussycats perform his song and he runs into jughead who thinks says that archie is just there for the locally sourced mustard which i just don't know where riverdale is mm-hmm. I don't any know town German usa planet. there's mustard somewhere I don't around know what season it is
0: it, well yeah
1: i don't know it's the season
0: i think it's still fall it's the season of
1: yeah, it's but still... Archie's, like, sweating to death and then wearing a varsity jacket like it's the middle of winter. I know.
0: They just want to give Archie a lot of sweat is what they want to I do. I don't know what's
1: going Glistening on. Glistening
0: off his Archie body. Yeah, <laughs> And then this is cutting back and forth between the Chuck Clayton intimidation scene.
1: Yes, where Betty straight drugs him.
0: Yeah, Betty drugs him and then tries to drown him.
1: And boil him.
0: And boil him. And then Veronica... Really saves her friend from making a lot of unfortunate choices. I just want to make note of that because that is going to lead into a discussion we're going to have slightly later about this. Because Veronica is very much on the side of the angels for this entire episode. She advocates for other women. She uses her own situation to help other people. She looks out for her friend. I just want to point that out.
1: Yep. And then it ends with Betty pouring syrup all over Chuck and calling him Jason. Mm-hmm. And I bet that smelled delicious, if we're being honest.
0: I bet it did. Next,
1: uh, Fred forgives Archie.
0: Fred forgives.
1: He proof the garage, wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, yeah, I want you to be productive well grounded. Which is like, I don't... Does he, did he think he invented the word "grounded" and that's like why he's just making up as he goes along? Like I don't
0: understand. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, I think that he doesn't have a good grasp on what "grounded" means. No, he has at no all. idea. And then we end up having there. There's consequences, right, to this whole well, sticky maple thing. Betty mm.
1: does deny calling Chuck. Jason and herself self Yeah, her so
0: she doesn't remember, which is really strange. Right. Yeah, very, very bizarre. Yeah. And then we get to...
1: Good and evil, light and dark, Betty and Veronica.
0: Yeah, Betty and Veronica's fates are sealed, according to Jughead's yeah. noir-esque narrative. Yeah. Okay, let's put the brakes on this for a second. Who's good and who's evil in this, in this dichotomy? If we're going from
1: ABAB, it puts... Betty, good, and Veronica, evil.
0: Yeah, in this episode, that is not the case. No. Veronica's very good in this episode, so I don't understand why this conclusion's being made. You know, I've already pointed out all the evidence of Veronica being really well-behaved in this yeah. episode, and I feel like Veronica gets the short end of the stick here a little bit. Veronica is not evil. Veronica, no. I don't like it when Veronica's portrayed as evil in the comics either. I think it's non-three-dimensional writing of her. Veronica comes from a really unique perspective, She's not evil, though. She's just rich. There's a difference between being rich and being evil.
1: Yeah. And then light and dark.
0: It's problematic. Light and dark. So light hair, dark hair.
1: That's the best we can come up with.
0: Betty wears a dark wig in this. Whatever. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Don't know what that is. Mm.
1: And then we get the great voiceover line that I wrote in quotes. So Chuck is cut from the team. Mm-hmm. an action, though no one knew it at the time, would have terrible consequences in the weeks to come.
0: Bum bum bum. So we're gonna be looking for those terrible consequences. Yes, we will. Faithful listeners as yes. the weeks go on.
1: Uh, we see Betty and Cheryl together burn the burn book. Mm-hmm. And Cheryl meant that maybe Jason hurt people too.
0: Maybe Jason was a little more three dimensional than Cheryl was admitting at first. Yeah. Which is leads to a more complex more complex plot points as the show continues. Yes.
1: And then our final scene is Dilton interrogated in the office of the blue and gold.
0: Yes. And we're going to discuss Dilton slightly in our next segment, actually. Oh. Because it's time for our power ranking and crush list. So let's go down our power ranking. Kate, what do we got here?
1: Well, we have a couple people we did not really hit on this week, which would be Reggie, Moose, Hermione, and Kevin. Reggie doesn't
0: have any lines in this episode. Moose does
1: not have any lines. I
0: know. Hermione
1: doesn't really do anything. No. Kevin is plastic.
0: Yeah. Bad Kevin this time.
1: So from the bottom up, down at the bottom, I put in the Blossoms. Mm-hmm. We see them treating Cheryl not like they should treat their own child.
0: Definitely. But definitely as a power ranking, they do have sway over this episode. Right. Yes.
1: Grundy, always bad. Weatherby doesn't do much. Real creepy. The mayor. I. I, I she
0: like mayor McCoy? Down. Yeah, Mayor
1: McCoy. I don't know what her whole deal is.
0: No, totally.
1: Sheriff Keller?
0: Yes. So Sheriff Keller was at number 10 on my list. Yes. Because he is certainly driving a lot of the plot of this episode mm-hmm. by basically being a good sheriff, but also allowing Principal Weatherby in on private discussions, which makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, no idea. Next up after that, we have Alice.
0: Mm-hmm. Who is comes in like a tornado in this episode yeah. and never stops.
1: Yeah, she's a wrecking ball.
0: Yeah, she really is.
1: Uh, right above her, we have Chuck. Layton. Yeah,
0: who is a despicable character. We yeah. hate him. But boy, he really drives he the narrative. Wave. Yeah, he makes waves. I put and not Archie... just in the hot tub. Hey-o. oh
1: I put Archie above that. I know you didn't even think it was worth talking about Archie.
0: Yeah, well, t- tell me why you argue for Archie there.
1: I think he, I mean, he wasn't a huge mover and shaker in this episode, but I think some of his actions lead further.
0: Mm-hmm. He has a
1: real influence over the pussycat.
0: He certainly does. That's a good point. That's very valid. That's very valid. I would argue that Josie, who I put at number nine, mm-hmm. has more influence over Archie than Archie she, has over the Pussycats. She does rank
1: mm-hmm. higher. We yes. have not gotten to her yet. Above that, yeah. we have Cheryl.
0: Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I didn't put Cheryl on my list. But yeah, Yeah. Fred? Mm hmm. Yeah, I think Fred plays a big part in this episode. Yeah. By his non understanding of what grounding means. Right. Basically. Just a delight. He's yeah. a delight. Yeah, he is. He's a real treat.
1: <laughs> Got uh, Dilton Doily.
0: Yes. And Dilton, I've fairly highly ranked as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, this is a great version of Dilton. This. G- Dilton in the comics is really just a very well-meaning geek who often makes a lot of uh, inventions that get him and the Archie gang into trouble. Mm-hmm. He's also best friends with Moose. Okay. Uh, I like that Dilton is sort of this geek tyrant in this series. Um, I love this portrayal of Dilton and I hope to see more of him in season two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, we
1: got about that. We got Josie.
0: Absolutely. Josie makes a lot of waves in this episode. Yeah. And plays a lot of chords. Yeah. And writes a lot of lyrics. Mm-hmm. And wears a lot of ears. Indeed. Mm-hmm.
1: Above her, we've got Ethel.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ethel advocates for herself in this episode. Yeah. And it's really cool. Yeah. It's cool to see.
1: It's cool to see uh, women that aren't the same old women over in again.
0: Agreed. Absolutely.
1: Above Ethel, we've got Veronica.
0: Yes. Totally. Veronica does so much in this episode. Yeah. And is very uh very virtuous and really sort of drags riverdale high out of the stone age when it comes to its treatment of women and cyberbullying.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. well she's a big city girl
0: she's not gonna stand for that
1: above veronica we have jughead
0: oh juggy yeah this is the beginning of jughead playing a real role in the show yeah and i love jughead as investigator i think it's such a smart move for the writers to position him as such Mm -hmm. and i think that as I said before, this version of Jughead is completely iconic. And as a Jughead fan, I just I just adore him. Yeah.
1: And then our number one is Betty
0: Cooper. Mm-hmm. We both had Betty at our number one. I oh, I'm not. Sorry. I had
1: Betty at number two. That's right. She aver- averaged out to number one. Yeah, she
0: averaged out to number one. I think Betty's very good in this episode. Yeah. She really does a lot in this episode. And the whole Dark Betty thing, despite the fact of being hashtag problematic, is really, really... The influence is felt throughout this entire episode.
1: But then our true forever number one. Vegas! Vegas. We
0: love him! All right, who who did you have for your crush list?
1: I have my top three is Veronica, Josie, and Jughead.
0: Why? Uh, Go through each one.
1: Veronica is a strong woman. She stands up for what she believes, mm-hmm. and is still, while well, still being caring and nice, she's not a bully.
0: Yes, that's true. She's
1: strong and she's not a bully.
0: I do wish she would have given Cheryl a dressing down in this episode for her Frida Shallow remark because yes. it's so mean and yeah. somewhat racist. Yeah. It's awful. Oh,
1: I didn't even think of that. Yeah, yeah
0: totally. It's awful. <laughs>
1: got Josie, who, this is, I think, the most we've seen of Josie.
0: Yeah, and I like Josie in this episode. And
1: she doesn't take it from Archie. She no admits when there's I mean they're not good lyrics, but in pretending that they're good lyrics, she is willing to admit she's willing to admit that there's good lyrics while still like standing up for what she is and who she what she is and who she does.
0: And and I would argue just music wise that this the snippet of the song that we hear from the Pussycats in terms of it being an original song Is one of the better written original songs in the series Oh, for sure,
1: better than anything Archie's written Yeah,
0: like it just like holds together as an actual song with structure that I could see teenagers playing at an event like that Right And I'm also really happy that it's not another very weird cover of an 80s or 70s song Yeah, and then
1: Jughead
0: And then Jughead for you Yeah, so I had Jughead at number two So we can start with him and talk about him He's really coming into his own. He's yep. eating people's Sundays.
1: And he's
0: got a cutie face. He's got a cutie face. He's running around wearing good clothes. I love him in this episode. My number one crush is mm-hmm. Ethel. Yeah. I love the way she's portrayed. I love the clothes she's wearing. I love that actress.
1: I love her hair.
0: Her hair looks fabulous. I have a big crush on her. Number two, as I said, was Jughead. And then number three for me is Dilton, who I think is super adorable in this episode. Yeah. Very weird acting, but very cute. And I love the way they dress him, especially at the taste of Riverdale. He's wearing that big chunky jacket. I oh, think.
1: which is like exactly what high school boys end up wearing because they like it's their dad's little jacket, but like it doesn't fit them. And
0: I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. I really like this portrayal of Dilton and think he's a real cutie patootie. Yeah. So he's number three for me. Great. Oh, so those are our rankings. And now. One more segment today. I'm going to talk about Chuck Clayton. Do
1: it! So,
0: I don't know how much, how much do you know about Chuck, the origins of Chuck from the comics? Not at all. Okay, so, Chuck Clayton was invented in 1971. Uh, his first appearance is in Life with Archie 110.
1: I did, I think, believe he's the first black character.
0: He is. Yeah. And his first appearance is very. It's very milk toasty. He's introduced. He's just another one of the gang. There's nothing that really stands him apart, which I think was intentional on the writers. Mm -hmm. And it's 1971. And it's, you know, predominantly white writing staff who are writing the Archie comics. and They're just trying to be like, look, this guy's just like everybody else. He belongs in Riverdale, which I have no problems with. His dad is revealed to be the coach of the football team. That's from the comics. Yes, Yes, absolutely. So that's all there. And then as we get to learn about Chuck, he has a a girlfriend. Her name's Nancy Woods. He's really good to her. He is an aspiring comic book artist and an athlete. Uh, So he's like a fairly well-rounded, artsy, nice dude Mm -hmm. in the comic book series so I really feel like as a series that doesn't have a lot of canonical characters of color this episode really throws that character under the bus okay. and it bothers me to be honest and this episode aired during Black History Month and I think that it really revels in a lot of Afro-American stereotypes Yeah, uh, and it, it, it kind of upsets me that this is the route that they decide to go with Chuck and of course like I'm super into the fact that they have some actors of color portraying these traditionally white characters. Mm-hmm. Some of the other ones, like Reggie, Veronica, Veronica, Dilton, I think that's super, super cool. But I really wish they had given made Chuck to be in, on the side of the angels. Yeah, um, I'd like to be seeing more of Chuck in this series and not have Chuck be a slut chamber. I it really bothers me to be honest, and it's disappointing. They could have invented a new character for this. You know, I don't get why they decided to make it Chuck. I feel like this is a real misstep by the show. Now, if you want to see, like, lovely, fun, awesome Chuck in action, I would recommend checking out the series Life with Archie, issues 1 to 12. They came out in 2010 and in 2011. And they feature grown-up versions of the characters who are trying to make it you know in Riverdale as adults and Chuck is trying to run his own comic book store and it's really fun and really revels in the whole comic book geek thing and shows Chuck to be a really good lovely guy who's trying to provide for Nancy you know it's good stuff and it's really really fun and a much better version of Chuck Clayton than we get on this episode this is flying in hot off the presses, hot off the, press. hot off
1: the nets. Hot news, hot news.
0: Unless IMDb is lying to us, Luke Perry appears to be in the entire second season of Riverdale. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see you guys. But um, Chuck Clayton, he deserves better than he gets in this episode and some comics and learn about him. So that pretty much brings us to the end of this episode of yeah. XOXO Riverdale. Riverdale. Which is pretty exciting. Next week, we're going to grace you with
1: last picture show. The
0: last picture show, which I've
1: seen that episode maybe more. Uh, maybe I think I've seen episode six the most, and then maybe that's the one I've episode seen the four, second. Episode four, you seen. Yeah. So you're
0: going to have a lot to say about last picture yeah, show. Yeah, I have
1: a lot going on. And
0: that also is a, the most Jughead centric yes, episode so yes, far. It's big for so get excited for Jughead fans. And get excited for fans of the Riverdale town infrastructure and how it gets altered through the course of yeah. the season here on Exo, Exo
1: Riverdale. Riverdale.